Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Hey, yeah, dudes and ladies, we've been talking about sexuality and all that stuff for it's several true. weeks. How many of you have been here for all three panel weeks? Yeah? All right, we had panels. That was really good. We got some other voices in the mix, and I can't. I can't do it, guys. Stop. Anyway. Um, it was, it's been really fun, yeah? Totally. Anybody been, like, really enjoying this? No. Talking about sex at church, right? No. Woo! Yes! How about all these stories that we've been hearing? Like, Sam and Christy's story tonight? That's Come incredible. On. Like, she has a list of a hundred things, and then the dude shows up and knocks on her door, and is like, check, 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 check. Oh my gosh, you're him! Like, that's amazing! And not only was he a big, beefy guy that she was asking for, he was, he was currently benching 405 reps. At the time when they met. Like, literally, he walked anyway. in here beforehand while we were over there, and he's like, yeah, you guys don't have enough weight for me to bench. <laughs> he did that say that. That literally just happened. We don't I'm have like, enough weight in our whole weight room for Sam <laughs> to be here. So, anyway. Dang it. But, yeah, five months. They were like, we are mad, like, totally in love, totally a God thing, totally incredible. Let's just get married. That's, like, real. And I would propose to you that that is actually ideal. Like, seriously, six months to a year, rock and roll. Dating for 18 years and then getting married is, like, weird. I'm just sorry, you know, but yeah. some people do it. It works once in a very, very great while, and I know everyone thinks, but we are that one. We are. I thought so four times before. Yeah, no, I hear I was you. like, oh, we're going to get married, and that didn't happen that many times. But Marcy and I were dating for six months when we got engaged. We were together for five Five months, see, and it works. Almost 14 years done, right? Come on. Come on, Ben. So, so that works. Awesome. That's how old I am. Anyway, I'm getting used to it. So anyway, we are. We're going to wrap up this theme tonight, so we are going to still kind of talk about this stuff a little bit, but we kind of like hopefully change the tone and the mood a little bit. We're not like, okay, here's your questions and here's the answers. Okay. And uh, we probably didn't satisfy all your answer or questions anyway, but we've really tried to do that. But... um. A couple, I just, I wrote down a few review things, just big points. Can I say them quick? I like it. Is that it. cool? Yes. So um, here's the deal. A few things I just want to review. Sex was God's idea in the first place, and he likes it. Okay, let's just be very clear. Like, sex is not bad. Hallelujah, right? Here's a, here's a qualifier. Sex is designed for marriage. We talked about Three Mile Island. Remember that whole deal, right? Three Mile Island is like nuclear reactions going on every single day that would kill every one of us if it wasn't contained in a structure designed to harness its power and give us electricity. Make sense? Marriage is the structure that sex is designed to function in that creates power and life for your world. You take sex outside of the structure of marriage that God created it for, destruction. Every time. Every single time. Mushroom cloud. Okay? It will destroy you in some way, shape, or form. It's not a question of a possible. It's real. Got it? Cool. Sex is for marriage. Let's see here. Just in case, or just because something is imperfectly done may, doesn't make it bad. So if you're looking at your parents' relationship and going like, I don't want anything to do with marriage. My parents like, that sucks. I don't want ever get married because that is what marriage is. No, just because it's done wrong doesn't make it bad. Can I just say that to you? 
And I said the first week, I think I declared that I believe that this is a potential generation to shift what this looks like forever. Because no, it hasn't been done right yet. But your generation is all about doing everything better than your parents. So don't ditch out on all the great things that you could do that actually would give life to your whole generation and your children and the children beyond them and every generation to come because you decided, you know what, I'm not doing it how that happened. I'm going to make this the way God designed it and commit myself to it. Is that cool? Cool. Sex isn't supposed to be shameful ever when it's done within God's context. We don't need to talk about it and be like, <laughs> sex. Okay, like, why, why are people like that? I don't get it. Like, anyway, because we've had a messed up framework for it. And we talked about a new way of thinking, right? We've talked about how when the first thing you're taught about any subject, remember this, the principle of first mention, the first thing you ever learn about a subject creates a foundation. And everything else you hear about that from then on does what? Built on that foundation and filtered by that foundation. So if you learn at seven years old, like through pornography, what sexuality is supposed to be, then every time you hear anything about sex, you're going to be like, because you know there's shame in that, and you know that it's disconnected from what it, you, there's something wrong, and you know it in your heart, but everything is filtered through that. So the first week, we did some repenting, and the second week, we repenting isn't like confession or whatever. I don't know, it's, but it is. It's this place of saying, no, God, I want my mind to be thinking differently about this topic. Reestablish my foundation and that's what we've been trying to do as we've talked through. Like, no, God really is into this sex thing. <gasps> like, really, his idea, okay? Pretty amazing. And then a big one is God redeems it. We've covered that over and over and over again. Look, if you're sitting in this room and you're going like, crap, I blew this like a long time ago, okay? It starts now yes. is our theme for the entire theme. That's what we called it. It starts now, okay? Erase it. Move on. That's what Jesus did at the cross. He moved your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Transgressions are sins. Your mistakes, your oopses, your oh no, I didn't know. I didn't understand. Bring it to God and go, look, God, forgive me for what I've done. I didn't even know what was going on. And he says, cool, let's go. He doesn't go like, oh, well, after 18 years of suffering, maybe I'll, no, he's like, let's go, let's do this. It starts now, today. And that's huge. Wherever you're at, whatever you've done, wherever you've screwed up, messed up, thought wrong, it's redeemed in him. And that's so powerful. Go, Dylan. Yeah, so I just want to, like, tag on what Ben was saying. But that, like, there is going to be such uh, an attempt from the enemy, like the devil. Okay, let's just call it like it is. That he's going to try to cause you in the midst, even 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 in hearing the things that we've been talking about the, over the last five or six weeks, like you hear it and it can be uh, translated instantly into like condemnation or um, like this shame that Ben was talking about. And like anything that you hear, you're like, man, if I screw up even just once, like it's it's because I'm bad or it's because I'm messed up or it's because and that like that trail that you're going down is not the one that God has put in front of you, okay? You're being, like, tricked into um, going down, like, the way that Blaine Kimmel put it in here, you're going down the path or the, the story that the enemy is writing for your life, okay? And every time that you agree with condemnation, you're agreeing with the story that the devil is trying to write for your life, okay? Do you know that, like, Psalm 139 says that all of your days I've written down in your book, like, that God actually has a destiny and a purpose for every single, per every single person in this room right now, 
Okay, and you might not even know God, and you came here with a friend, and you're like, what is, who is what? Well, guess what? He knows you. Okay, he absolutely knows you, and he's got a story of life, like fullness of life written for you already. Okay, but like there is definitely like the reality of a devil who is literally trying to steal, kill, and destroy the good things that God has planned for your life. Okay, and that if we don't teach, like, and this avenue, like, from experience, okay, like, you guys have heard my testimony a hundred times, and if you're here for the first time, like, I totally got annihilated on this whole thing, and that's sex before marriage, pornography, lust of the flesh, all this stuff that we're kind of encapsulating in this whole theme is such a huge way that the devil steers our generation, like, this this frame of your life, this time frame of your life, he takes it and uses it to steer it off course, okay? And it's, it's so prevalent, like, like, you guys know, anybody who's in public school, you, like, look around at friends, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Like, they're just sleeping with whoever, you know? And it's crazy, and you're 16, and, like, you know, when I got into high school, and I'm finding out my friends are having abortions because they got some girl pregnant, and this and that. And it's like, you're watching people's lives get totally, like, totally driven off course by the enemy because of this issue, okay? And it's, it's like Ben said, from the get-go, we have to change the way we think. That's why we repent. Let's practice one more time. Ready? God, I repent for, for my way of thinking that's not lined up with your way of thinking about sex, sexuality, covenant and marriage god i want your thoughts about this stuff in jesus name amen guys and listen like if you're able to be soft-hearted towards god do you know how easy it is to get back on track like, if you don't get deceived, if you don't get tricked into thinking like, oh, crap, I made a left turn and it's wrong and now I'm going the wrong way. And God's over here going like, rerouting, <laughs> rerouting, rerouting. And you're like, oh, I can't listen to it. I'm like, because shame makes you like turn off the GPS and be like, I'm all alone. You know, it isolates you. And that's one of the biggest um, tools or like the biggest weapons that the devil will use. He will isolate you. Okay, when I was living in sin, when I was uh, sleeping with my girlfriend in high school, getting drunk, getting high, doing all this crazy stuff, when I was addicted to pornography, when all of this stuff was wrecking my life, I did not want to tell anyone. Why do you think? Because the enemy will traffic in darkness. And as soon as you open up a door and you say, hey, I need help, light comes in. Okay, and so a very easy way you can destroy the, the story writing that's going on in your life that the enemy is trying to use to steer you off of the, the plan that God has for your life that is so good. You start, you open up that door, you let somebody in. And I want to say that there's at least like 25 people in this room that are your youth leaders. If you have no one else, if there's no good friend in, your, in this room that's next to you that's a believer, you have no Christian friend who's like willing to be there for you to say like, hey man, like, if anything at all, just tell me, you know, and we'll fight this thing together with God. If you don't have that, guess what? You have at least 25 people in this room 
I mean, I guess it's like more like 12 and 12 or whatever, because yeah. guys with guys and girls Raise with girls. Raise your hands, leaders, staff. Look at the hands. Oh, the man, it's like an army. I just got so pumped up. That's, there you I know, right? That was, <gasps> right? So That's awesome. your resource. Seriously, okay? Because, like, it's so the enemy's plan to get you isolated, to keep you in the dark, and to make you suffer on your own and feel like you're totally alone. The, op- the flip side of condemnation and shame is conviction. We want you to be convicted every day. I want to be convicted every day. That's part of repentance. It's part of what we're saying, saying, God, I want you to give me your thoughts. Because every single time I have Holy Spirit speak to me and go, that wasn't from me. When I judge someone, it doesn't have to be about sexuality or, or se- like sexual sin or whatever, anything. If I make up part of a story to make myself sound better, if I do anything like that that's just silliness, God's like, that's not who you are. And guys, it is the loving, it is the love of God for him to rebuke us like that. It is the love of God for your father, like James was saying, he has adopted you as his son or his daughter. That is how he loves you. Because in that, in that like direction for your life, you will find fullness of joy. Okay, so I just want to say that there's a huge difference between condemnation and conviction, and that conviction in your life is going to sound like that's not okay. Okay, we're not saying like all, everything is permissible and just go and there's grace. That's not at all what we're saying, okay? But, I mean, we're saying that the conviction of God is a good thing, but the devil will try to twist that and make you feel ashamed and isolate you, okay? So. That's what they say. Conviction will tell you that you did something wrong. Condemnation will tell you you are something wrong. And there's a big difference in that realm, okay? Because conviction is like, woof, and you know what conviction feels like. Are you kidding me, right? It's like, <gasps> I shouldn't have done that, right? But what you do with that thought, the enemy is going to say, you bad person. How could you, right? You know that feeling too. Everybody's experienced that, gosh, right? So what we want to really do is make this like we can't possibly cover every corner of this topic. We can't possibly answer every question that's deep in your heart. and We can't possibly address everything you're currently dealing with. We hope we've covered a lot of the big bases, but we want to open this conversation to an ongoing thing, a normalcy within our culture that says like, look, I've got this is going on. And and why do we do this? This is like there's actually a biblical picture for the normality of sexual conversation and understanding. Okay, I mentioned this two weeks ago when we were in here and I didn't get a chance to cover it, the hoopah. You guys remember me saying hoopah? Yeah, this is a Jewish culture thing that is so powerful and it's all around the wedding day, okay? And this is what was normal for Jewish girls and boys from age two or three had a very age-appropriate understanding of sexuality from, like, early on. It wasn't like, oh, when they're 14, maybe we should have the talk with them, honey. You know, like... Are you kidding me? Like, that's late in the game. I'm, that's, yeah, right? You agreed? Yes? So here's what would happen in a Jewish culture. And I just read this detail, like, today as I was kind of looking back to get this whole thing. Um, that's a hoopah, right? Yeah, it's a modern-day one, right? But in, in Jewish history and culture, this is what would happen is when a, when a little boy was very young, two or three years old, or a little girl was two or three years old, their parents would take them out and they would plant a tree, 
Okay, I don't know the significance of why, but little boys would plant an oak tree and little girls would plant a pine tree, an evergreen of some, some type, okay? Pretty cool stuff, right? That tree they would tend for their entire childhood into adulthood. They'd help it to grow, they'd water it, they'd care for it, they'd prune it, do all the things that are necessary to keep a tree. And on their wedding day, I just read this today because I knew a lot about the hoopah, but the hoopah is actually built, it's got a, it's four corner posts, okay? And then they would put like a frame around the top and then it would be draped with all kinds of fabric and beautiful stuff and make it, it was part of the wedding ceremony, okay? Would be constructed of branches cut from the trees they had planted as young ones. They would actually cut the branches off and be like, this is actually what we're going to build the structure of our marriage around is what we've tended from age two or three. Ah, right? Come on. It's amazing. It's powerful. So anyway, so at the wedding ceremony, the weddings would, would, would happen typically under a hoopah like this of sorts. And this might get weird for you because you're not in Jewish culture, but this is how the normalcy was and what God had given as instruction to his people in how to manage and handle sexuality because it was a huge thing in their day too. You read it all the way through the Bible. It's like sexual immorality has been probably the greatest pitfall of humanity for all of human history. Does that make sense? So what would happen here in this place? Oh, Caleb, your dad's here. I think he might need it. Does he need to go or not? Okay, cool. So anyway, this is what would happen here in this place. Um, is they would then close all the curtains after the ceremony was complete, and the bride and groom would have an hour in the hoopah. Yes, yes. They'd close all the curtains, and everybody else was outside, and they'd start having the reception, right? There'd be food and right outside, right? And get this, I know, right? Pressure, right? Anyway, but literally, this was so celebrated. This wasn't like, oh, dirty, what are they doing? It was, it was guys, this is the moment when the two become one flesh. And sex was part of the consummation of the marriage. And it would happen. And for those, we will we'll keep this relatively vague and age appropriate. But after this would happen, they would throw a sheet up over the top of the hoopah that would inevitably have blood on it. Okay? A blood covenant had been made between a husband and a wife. Okay? You catch the God factor of what was going on. The minute they would do this, this entire community of people would go into the most, like, outrageous seven days of eating, partying, dancing, music, and celebration for seven days because they believed that the celebration of the wedding and the blood covenant that had been made in the hoopah was a prophetic declaration of the joy and happiness that marriage would live out. Do you catch this? Like the entire, so you can imagine at, at the weddings was children. Like, mommy, what's that? You know? And mommy would go, hey, this is really, and age appropriately would educate children from very early on. Hey, like one day the tree that you planted is going to be used to build one of those. As they get older, they go to weddings and they're like, okay, mom, I need to know more. Like, You'd, there'd be curiosity, but this was like the, the reality that, there, that the sexual bed, the sexual union of marriage had been made in that moment was a community celebration, an overjoyed reality of what had just happened between this husband and wife. And you would be raised in a Jewish culture just going like, man, I can't wait for my day for that. You know what I'm saying? Like it was built in this whole different realm. And this is like the kind of normalcy, like obviously we're not going to like 
I don't know, if you want to have a hoop at your wedding, that's great, whatever. We're not going to, like, create that culture particularly, but we want a real and open and honest conversation among us that says, like, look, this is not a thing of shame. This is a thing of beauty that was God-created, God-ordained, so much power and reality, and we want to celebrate with you what that journey looks like and help you to paint that picture and know, like, look, I'm tending a tree that one day will be the framework that establishes my marriage. Is that really cool? Cool. You want to add something, Dylan? Well, just saying, like, cool. Get the, get the picture, like, that there is literally something to fight for. And this is why we call this theme, It Starts Now, because it is, it is now. Like, the, the Proverbs says that, like, this, um, the Proverbs 31 woman, it's like a picture of the bride, but it goes both ways. That they've done good for their husband or for a young man. They've done good for their future wife all the days of their life. And that, that obviously starts way before you have, you know, Mr. Studmuffin show up who benches 405 pounds with his guitar in his hand at your front door. Like, Christy had to decide to wait for him over and over and over and over again. Okay? And, like, the things that you're deciding right now in your life are not in vain, and they're not useless, and they're not for nothing. Okay? They're actually for, they're actually adding value to the thing that you're going to give as a covenant. You're going to give yourself to someone else in your life, in your future, okay? And it's like so, 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 so worth fighting for, guys. And, and if, like, I can say it again just with this different, like, thought in mind, it's that you're not doing it alone, okay? Even, like, all the other s- stuff we were just talking about and, and like, opening up doors and letting light in to, between friends and between, like, wise counselors that you have in your life to fight, to fight lust and, and stuff in your life, whatever that looks like. Guys, in the same way, in pursuing the one who's right for you, you're not doing it alone either, okay? You're not waiting alone, all right? You're actually doing this fight. You're actually preparing yourself for your your marriage, and there's all these same people that we're talking about that are willing to walk through this thing with you, okay? And like, yeah, like the, yeah, sanda, hmm, sorry, we no we're not we we can't do this for you you know nobody nobody can do this for you nobody can make your choices for you nobody can run away from some girl who's trying to totally like manipulate you into doing something that you told yourself you're not going to do nobody can tell you to leave that party when it's time for you to leave that party you have to make these decisions on your own Okay, but surrounding yourself with the friends that are going to help you make those decisions is super important and super practical. Filling yourself with the, um, like the word of God, the truth of God, things that make you understand and know the value that you have so you don't like just let yourself fall into whatever because you're like, well, what does it really matter? What is my life really anyway? Like all those little things that you do practically to set yourself up for success are super, super powerful. And again, you're not doing that part alone either. If you don't have a way to have a plan for success in this whole thing for your life, get with somebody. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says this, that counsel is like deep water in the heart of a man or a woman, and a person of understanding will draw it out. 
okay? And there's so much wisdom in the people like you might, okay, you might not even live with parents, you know, or you might just be um, like on the couch of some friend or whatever. But there's people, at least there's people here who love and care about you that are willing to be like this source of help, okay, in this whole thing. And like Ben's saying, we just want to overly communicate that this is not a weird thing. This is not something, this is the, the fact that, that like it has been so like clouded by shame and guilt and all that stuff is why the devil has been so able to destroy people's lives in this realm because he's been able to traffic in darkness, okay? So look, wide open invitation. We're here to be counsel and wisdom as much as we're able to. Obviously, we're leaning totally on God and his Holy Spirit to help us even help you. But guys, do not like... Do not let this season of your life go by without, like, actually opening up to have help to fight the good fight in this whole realm of sexuality and um, purity for your life. Cool? So we want to do something with you tonight, okay? Um, So leaders, if you can go over there and grab a handful of those things that we got a gift for everybody. It's not much. I wish we could, like, spend $100 a piece on you and... But it's but it might be more valuable than a hundred dollars. So listen, students, if you can stand up and kind of come forward up near the carpets, ah, uh, dude, Tyler, can you play something or somebody? So shh, don't disconnect from us, real quick. We're only like five minutes, and we'll be done with this completely. We really just want to do this, and this is really going to end this topic for right now. As far as our all the, every Wednesday, are we talking about this again? We will probably talk about it more uh, down the road, okay? But we hope, we genuinely hope that you're willing to talk with us about it too, all right? In a really appropriate way, come and find a leader and be like, hey, this is what I, what's going on in my life and I'm, I need help with this. But what I'm going to have the leaders do right now, Tyler's going to play some tunes and anybody else? Hey, Stephen, photos. Don't mind Stephen, he's just taking pictures for fun. So he loves, he loves taking pictures, but... um. If we can ever, can everybody slide over a little bit and give a little more space between you? Because what I want to do is we're just going to have you stand and you can close your eyes. You can just kind of like chill, whatever, but try not to talk to anybody around you for a few minutes. Okay. Just give us a couple minutes. We're just going to have the staff go around and they're going to find each of you and they're going to hand you this rolled up. It's a poster that we made of our staff have all written little handwritten notes that we scanned in and posted onto a poster for you to hang in your bathroom or your bedroom or wherever you want to put it in your car. I don't know, whatever, wherever you want this thing to just remind you, hey, we're fighting with you on this thing. Or little encouraging words, little challenges, little things that aren't like, and maybe you'll recognize handwriting of somebody that you know or whatever, but we really want to give you something that says, look, we are really here for you on this. So as they hand this to you, they're just going to say a short prayer, leaders, short prayer, okay? All right? Um, Short prayers, we're not going to like go for like minutes and minutes and minutes. And we just want to put this in your hands and bless you in this fight that you're in. We know that it's a battle. We've all walked through it and we've had our, our fallings and our victories and we've walked through this and we're still have to fight for this. It's not an ended thing. It's like, hey, we're still fighting together. Married or not, single, whatever it might be, like you're fighting for your purity the rest of your life. It's not just to your wedding day and then, ah, right? It's you're in a war. And you can't do it alone. So we want to stand with you tonight and ongoing. So please receive this. And if you already have one, we'll know that you've already got one. And hopefully we'll just get everybody prayed for once. If you want more prayer than that, please find one of the leaders, 
Just if God, like, points out one of the leaders is like, I really want them to pray for me tonight. Come find us. It's like our favorite thing to do. We love hanging out, talking. We love to pray for you in anything that's going on. So please come grab somebody. Just say, hey, will you pray for me for whatever? It doesn't have to be the sexual thing. It can be whatever's going on in life. Are you with me on this? Cool. So, cool. Kevin, can you pull the lights down, the, these spotlights some? It's just crazy bright. So, anyway, just kind of get in a place quiet. Close your eyes, whatever. We'll have staff coming around, and you'll be getting one of these. And then in a few minutes, we'll release you. Okay? This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.